Hello and welcome everyone to Gunpowder, Treason, No Plot. I am your DM and host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I am joined by my three regular co-hosts, Matt Dennis, Flo Dennis, and James Bunkle. Hello. 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 Ah, good to uh, bring you back to the virtual table. I'd flip it if I were you. Here for the long rest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is um, this is just just an eight-hour podcast of of just snoring and gentle grunts. <laughs> yeah. Gentle grunts. Well, they laughed at us when we said we'd do a real-time podcast, but uh... who's laughing now, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Not them. Why does no one laugh? <laughs> uh, well, they will be reprising their roles as Tommy Hawkins, our gunslinger rogue; Sophia Landrin, our fighter cleric. And Dick Vates, our half-orc barbarian. And, well, last week you had a fight. And you lived. That's always cause for celebration. The best it, kind of fight. Yeah. It, I'm not going to say it was close, because some of us had full health by the end of it. But it hurt a lot. So some of us remember that they're ranged fighters. <laughs> <laughs> some of us didn't realise that they could walk so fucking fast. All of us didn't realise they could walk so fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is that thing where you think like the smaller you are, the like the more nimble, but it really doesn't work in D and D, does it? Some creatures that are very fast due to their size, but uh, yeah, giants unfortunately uh, compensate with a large stride. So uh, yeah, yeah they, they sneak up on you quick. They, they don't really sneak; they bumble back to you and then whack you. Really hard. I'm. Thank goodness they didn't throw any boulders at us. Bloody hell! Can you imagine? Yeah, we'd we'd, we'd have been a, but a fine mist. <laughs> yeah. Well, last week you faced off against two frost giants and uh, two ogres, and yeah, Sophia took uh, quite a lot of damage. So did uh, Dick Fate. The rest of the party aren't too bad, but Rurik is basically out of spells and. It was kind of decided that once you guys defeated these enemies, you desperately needed a bit of a long rest, because it's been a a long and painful day, I think we could say. <laughs> but you are finally in sight of one of your main goals, which is the Shrine of Othrin, or at least the mountain in which the shrine is buried or concealed within. And unfortunately, it seems to be quite deep within uh, giant-controlled territory, as... Not only for this patrol, but you saw quite a, a number of giants and giant kin surrounding the exterior of the mountain. Also, in the mountain now is a huge, like, broken crack down the side of it where something smashed into it. That probably wasn't there earlier, you could guess. But before deciding to uh, take on an army of giants, you decided to go for that long rest, yeah found a, a nice area that kind of overlooks this uh, shallow valley that leads down towards the mountain. And uh, everyone fell asleep, apart from Tommy and Rurik, who were the most well-heeled and decided to take the first watch between them. You learnt a little bit about Rurik, you learnt that he's fought giants before, specifically fire giants rather than frost ones, but uh, they are a occasional occurrence back in his home uh, homelands. And... You guys bonded a little bit, you chatted a little bit, you still don't know that much about him, but so far he seems like a, a decent ally in this uh, fight against the Giants. And just as he was about to turn in for his eight hours, 
unfortunately there seemed to be a rather large amount of commotion going on in this uh, little makeshift giant encampment. A number of creatures came pouring out of the uh, break in the mountain and started blowing horns and kind of raising an alarm. And it appears that caught the attention of something. Something colossal in size, covered in diamond-hard scales with massive claws, monstrous fangs, huge wings to soar through the air, and breath that can uh, chill you to the bone. They caught the attention of what appears to be an ancient white dragon that swooped down from the top of the mountain and very quickly laid waste to the giants and their underlings. It swooped across them, buffeted them with its icy breath of destruction, raked its claws through the ground, turned up pretty much all their little makeshift settlements, the little camp that they've been setting up, all of it has been just devastated or frozen solid. And then with a terrifying roar, it flew back up to its perch, presumably a lair that it has up there. And that was where we ended last week's episode with Tommy and Rorik spotting that. Quite a sight. And quite unfortunate, or maybe fortunate, because right now the giants are in a little bit of disarray, and you watched a number of them, well, turn and flee, because facing an ancient white dragon isn't something you want to do normally. It's uh, not a fight many people want. Even hardened adventurers would balk at the idea of fighting an ancient dragon of any sort. But here you guys stand, resting, recuperating, with one hell of an enemy in front of you. But is it an enemy? You don't really know yet. That's pretty much where we're going to pick up. Or, that's what I would say, except I'm going to turn the clock back just a little bit first. I do. Yeah. Well, Tommy and Rurik are catching up and witnessing these events. Everyone else turned in for a good night's sleep. Oh. Except, Mr. Fate never really has a good night's sleep. And I, I know you trust Tommy enough to keep an eye over you, and maybe through his actions today you have at least a slight trust of Rurik. He hasn't shown himself to be an enemy, but you're a bit of a paranoid sort, Mr. Fate. Yep. But eventually... I assume you close your eyes and try to recover, because you went through one hell of a day. You have been set on fire, frozen, beaten down, stabbed, almost thrown into magma, and then you fought some giants on top of it. Yeah, yeah. The the way I kind of, because uh, uh, I was thinking about this myself, the way I kind of imagined it is Dick almost fighting to stay awake, but realizing that He's in so much pain right now. He just he's got no option but to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can I can see it. Like you guys are set up in this small, shallow cave that overlooks the valley, and like Dick is kind of sat down with his back against the cave wall, kind of trying to keep his eyes open, trying to keep his ears like just aware of what's going on around him. When you just can't fight off sleep any longer, you're in too much pain and. You just want to rest <laughs> and hopefully feel better when you open your eyes again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully feel better. <laughs> and so there you are, leaning up against that wall, kind of slumped down as your eyes close and you drift off. And the way your evening starts is the way it always starts. You're back 
in that dragonborn village and you can smell the flames, smell the burning flesh, see the shadows dancing from what must be fighting all around you. You can hear the screams and the cries, but then you sense something else. It's like you're looking around and something seems a little bit different. You see a shadow moving between the buildings, between the alleyways, one that isn't usually here. It's moving quickly. It's seemingly quite a large creature, but you always find in this dream your perspective is a little bit warped. It's hard to really judge what's going on. It's all a jumble of memories, both real and now just grown worse over time in your imagination. But something is here that isn't usually here, and as you run through the village, trying to avoid looking at the horrors around you, you eventually turn down an alleyway and run between a couple of houses. And once you get to the other side, you're no longer in that village. You're in a gray, shadowy place. The ground beneath your feet just looks like hard stone rather than the grass and dirt of that village. You no longer see the buildings behind you, you no longer smell the flames. Stood about 20, 30 feet maybe in front of you, you see a creature who, due to its size, initially you wonder whether it's an ogre or a lesser giant of some form. But as the shadows lighten just a little bit, you start to make out features of a huge just truly massive orc that you'd swear must have giant blood in him. He's that huge, easily 12 foot tall, which, I mean, you're big for a half-orc, but he is insane. You haven't seen a war chief that big before, and it's staring right at you. You see a slight red glow to its eyes, and you see in its hand a rather familiar looking great axe same one that you were wielding just an hour or so earlier to fight some giants and i'm gonna show you a picture Ooh! wow cool you see badass yeah you see an orc who is just a walking wall of muscle you see his hair is pulled back tight kind of tied to keep it out of his eyes you see he's covered in little trophies and fetishes he's wearing a necklace of bone bones on his belt and his waist you see he's covered in daggers and just little anything that he grabbed just to attack and kill and stab with he's wielding the axe of clan ogresh in one hand right now that mighty great axe almost looking small to him he's covered in scars a few burns a few slash marks Bits of his skin completely torn away in places, but healed, and you can tell right away that this is an orc who throws himself into combat. Recklessly, perhaps, but he clearly came out the victor more often than not. You don't recognize him, you've never met him before, but from what Sophia told you about the past and about that axe, you could hazard a guess that this could well be Mordrek Ogreth. The orc who wielded that very same axe to kill Othrin, and in his time became a legend. As you look upon him, you see his eyes kind of 
splashed red, almost as if the blood vessels have just popped, and you feel a palpable rage, almost makes it difficult to breathe, being this close to this orc. It feels familiar. You yourself being a barbarian, you yourself knowing what it's like to give in to the anger and the wrath and just go into combat, but this this orc's rage is far, far greater than yours. You'd almost say it's a complete frenzy, something that would suck other people into it and drive them to their own rage. A twisted form of charisma and leadership just emanating from this creature. As its rage grows, you can see just little wisps of breath come out of its tusked mouth as it looks you up and down and goes, mm, I smell fear in you, half-orc. Fear rooted deep. One such as you wishes to borrow my strength, to wield my blade. What makes you worthy? Dick was born worthy. Do you run? Why do you cower? I smell it on you. Guilt and fear. What orc are you who runs from his actions? I see them echoing in your thoughts. They plague you and you hide. Why should I lend you strength? What are you? Dick is a hero. Dick not know why he do certain thing. Hero, before I slew the giant king, they called me a monster, a destroyer, pillager, and vile. Demon, but once I brought Othrin low. Well, some people may look upon you and see vile demon. Others will have seen hero. Oh, little half-orc. When I slew that giant, they called me a hero. They raised up statues, named that young after me. A hero and a monster. He nods, looking at you. They're often one and the same. Just depends on who's looking. Dick is somewhat agreeable. But, uh... You say you have strength to lend Dick. Maybe... This strength can, uh... How shall we say? Free Dick... From this... Mental burden. See you soaked in blood and regret. It makes you weak. You wish to hunt giants. Prove your strength. Then don't let that guilt weigh heavy on you. Use it. Use it as fuel for your rage. Light a fire of wrath within you and unleash its fury upon any who would draw your ire. Know who you are, Dick Fate, and do not let others control you.
I never let any other rock dictate who I was. I let no human tell me what to do. I acted because I knew what I wanted. And I killed because I chose to. <laughs> I see that strength buried deep in you. Call yourself a hero or a monster. I don't care. But wield your rage as a weapon that others cannot. Show me that you're worthy to use my strength. Show me that you can cast off that guilt of who you once were. And as he says that, you feel him fly into a complete frenzy, one that almost makes you look down. As he's going into a rage, Dick Fate, what do you do? Um, as he's going into a rage, I suppose, go into a rage too. Let's make this a house party. <laughs> as you see Mordrek Ogresh go into a complete berserker rage, you see his eyes just start to glow. You see his breathing become heavy. He almost grows in size as the adrenaline just flows through every one of his muscles. You also join him in a rage as, in this place, you feel the totem spirits that you draw your rage from grow in power within you. You feel the strength of the bear. Your fingers almost feel like giant claws. Your tusks and teeth feel like vicious fangs that could tear and rend flesh. But though he loses himself to a berserker frenzy, yours is slightly more controlled. There is a wisdom inherent in these totems and these animals so that you don't lose yourself to the same degree he does. You're different people, different orcs, and certainly from a different time. You don't know the ins and outs of it, but even you can tell that this orc is truly an ancient orc, one from thousands of years ago, and perhaps he has a simple way of viewing things, but there is no doubt to his strength. And as he rushes towards you, that great axe in hand, he goes to attack you to test your rage. Do you join him? Yeah, yeah, if he's come, if he, if he's, you know, running down Dick, Dick's, Dick's definitely going to go, uh, run back at him as well. Certainly. It's a classic Rogar 1v, well, classic Bunkle 1v1 me, bro. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I want you to roll me an attack. Okay. And do so with advantage. With advantage. Uh -oh. And can I wield the axe of Clan Ogresh or not? It's currently in his hand, so I would say use your longsword right now. That's okay. And I suppose I'm technically raging as well, so... You are indeed. Oh my god, and I rolled a nat one. <laughs> two nat <Yes>. ones! <laughs> oh, with advantage, you rolled two nat ones. How? How? <laughs> because this game hates me. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to the dice gods? Oh my god. <laughs> So, um, yeah, you draw your longsword as Mordrek rushes towards you, and for a moment, maybe it's still the lingering effects of your guilt, and though you might not want to admit it to this creature, this, this fellow orc, 
there is a degree of fear in there from what you've seen just today, what you've been forced through. It's not something that's easy to shrug off, and even though you go into this rage, in this place, it doesn't quite quiet the effects as well as it normally would do. And on top of that, as you bring your longsword round, you feel you may have underestimated this orc's speed. Yes, he is a huge creature, but he was on you in a half a second. And as you swing for his chest, he basically just ducks under it, almost dropping to all fours on the ground. And before you can even react, he spins around and hits you with a devastating uppercut, using the great axe to just drag a nasty cut along your chest that sends you flying backwards. As he just goes, I told you, let go. Show me. Show me what you can do, lest you die broken at the feet of those you hunt. And as you push yourself back to your feet, try swing again. Uh, with advantage again. Uh, yep, he is attacking essentially recklessly. A crit! Hey! Bloody hell! We <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, run the yeah, gamut that's... of the d20s, do we? Yeah, <laughs> ones so and twenties. That's a 27, 12, and 10. <laughs> okay, as he hits you with that uppercut and sends you flying back, you land hard on the stone ground, and as you do so, you look around, and you see that he's not the only orc here. You see hundreds of orcs, all stood in a circle around you, and you start hearing a low chant and drumbeat. The sort of thing you expect from a duel between chieftains, between clan leaders, something that was supposed to settle a matter and maybe transfer power, at least from the orc rituals that you're aware of, especially the older ones. And something about seeing all these orcs, some of which actually look quite similar in size to this one, and you wonder, perhaps these were the other orcs that once wielded this axe. Some of which, if not most of them, are likely Mordric's descendants, passed down through his lineage. All of them turn their eyes to you, Dick, as you dig deep and push yourself up from the ground. Mordric rushes towards you again, but this time you're used to his speed. You've seen it now, and despite his size, you know that you need to react quite quickly. He lunges at you the axe of Clan Ogresh, swinging straight for your head in a truly reckless attack. As he does so, you grab his arm and throw him to the ground. In the same swift movement, you drop your longsword and you grab the axe of Clan Ogresh. You spin round and bury it straight into his chest, and though you expect to hear a cry of pain, some sort of recognition of the wound, as it hits this huge orc, you see he smiles and he nods. Seems you have some rage left in you. Perhaps Grimsh watches over you as he once did me. I will lend you a portion of my strength to hunt those I made my name against. Awaken. Dick Fate, hunt down your enemies and show them that they should be the ones fearing you 
as he says that, you're jolted awake. And for the first time in a long time, Dick, you don't wake up in a cold sweat. You wake up, your blood's pumping, you feel almost as if you're just coming down from a real rage, from a combat. It takes you a moment to realize that you're sat on the floor, all seemingly just coming around from a sleep. But you do notice that the axe of Clan Ogresh is in your hands, just resting in your lap with both hands upon it. And looking at it now, you'd swear it looks newer than it once did. Before, it had the symbol of Grumsh on it, looking a little bit tarnished. The, the leather was a little bit worn. Certainly an ancient axe, one that had seen battle countless times. But now, when you look down at it, it looks almost good as new. The blazing eye of Grumsh on the side almost looks tangible, like it's staring back at you. The blade seems sharp, and you feel a power emanating from the axe and reverberating within yourself. And the axe of Clan Ogresh has gained an ability. Ooh! It's called Berserker's Wrath. Once per short rest, prior to declaring an attack action, the player wielding the axe may double their strength bonus for two rounds. And while under the effect of Berserker's Wrath, giants who make a saving throw to avoid the knocked-prone effect of the Giant Slayer enchantment do so with disadvantage. Oh, okay. So you deal more damage, and you are better at uh, taking out giants. Cool. That's really handy right now. <laughs> it is. I will send you that info, so you can make a note. That's pretty sweet. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. Worth slapping a big dream orc. Yes. I don't want to have to use it. If you, you see what I mean. Oh, you mean because you don't want to have to fight any more giants? Yeah. Well, I got bad news for you. I was going <laughs> to say, yeah, I mean, it sucks yeah, to we, we, you. <laughs> <laughs> fight giants, but it'd be nice if you could knock them on their ass so we can kill them quickly. Okay, would yeah. I f- rather fight a white, ancient white dragon or giants? Okay, giants, do you? Giants. giants. Yeah, giants. Giants, yes. <laughs> I can see why Sophia wouldn't want to fight giants again for a little while. Yeah. Maybe I'll try and parlay with them. <laughs> you can speak, giant. Please don't hit me, hit him. <laughs> <laughs> You're after the big bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that over and done with. I suppose we should return to where we left off. So, Tommy and Rorik um, have witnessed this devastation by an ancient white dragon. It is just now, after like a ten-minute assault, maybe longer, it's hard to tell, when your eyes are just transfixed on the destruction before you. But it has now returned to its perch atop the mountain. Uh, what do the pair of you do? Rurik is pretty much stood mouth agape, thinking, what the fuck? Yeah, Tommy's going to go, fucking hell. Uh, let's hope we don't have to fight that thing. But it looks like he might, well, looks like it's fighting the things that we're fighting, if you know what I mean. I'm guessing it's a dragon. I don't know if I know much more about it, though. Let me have a think. You got any of... um? Sophia's a cleric. She can do this thing where she kind of like, oh, so God to give me a hand to remember stuff. Can you do that? He shakes his head. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm afraid not. A uh, not quite uh, less than that way. Ah, uh, no worries, mate. I just yeah, no fuck all about like magic and gods and that. Uh, right. So, um, what do you want me to do? What kind of yeah, nature? If you want to try, figure out anything. 
I assume okay. you're not proficient. Uh, I am not proficient. I am not great at nature at all. I get a four. Four. Uh, dragons are big and scary. Yep. <laughs> I, yep. Oops. Um, Good. Ah, uh, giant big. Right. Well, it seems like he's buggered off for now, so um, there's not much point waking the others, is there? Because they need this rest, unless we're under threat. So let's uh, let's leave him to sleep. I'll tell them about it when they wake up. Rurik sort of nods and goes, I must admit I'm uh, pretty much out of spells, so I can't exactly be too much use right now if we wanted to go down. I mean, on the positive, that thing's driven off a lot of the giants. Killed yeah. a lot as well. Small mercies and all that, you know. Don't have to fight many giants anymore. Might have to fight a dragon, so... Hopefully not, though. Let's, uh... Why, yeah, why don't you, why don't you get some kit, mate? And you get your spells back, and, uh... Uh, I'll uh, I'll wake up R four. He can he can do the next one. Hey, sounds good. I say wake him up. I'll you know power him on. So the rest of the evening goes pretty much standard. Tommy, you eventually turn in yourself, and R four takes over the rest of the watch. He doesn't spot too much. No more activity. He tells you in the morning when he's waking you all up that the, there was the occasional roar that he could hear echoing across. He assumed since, as you handed over, you, I guess you told him that there was a dragon up there before he took yes. over. Yeah, yeah. Um, he didn't spot any giants returning, but you don't know if that's why the uh, dragon was just making certain that everything in the area knew that this is his mountain. You stay the fuck back. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, your path down there, well, it's less dangerous in some ways and perhaps a whole lot more dangerous in others as you all start to come round and yeah, Tommy and Rurik have some things to tell you all. <laughs> <laughs> Morning, sleepyheads. Have a good kip. You look a bit healthier, both of you. So we had a full rest, right? Everything's fine. I've, we all I've, did, I've yeah, got yeah. everything back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to make 100% sure. All the spell, spells, all the healths. All um, the healths. Are we at half our hit dice back that we used? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Half your hit dice back. But rounding up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, I had a good sleep. I was, I was Dick Fate looking. Um, to to glance at him, he looks better than usual. Dick woke up feeling dangerous. <laughs> Dick <laughs> feels too hot to handle and too cold to hold. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Macho man, Dick Fate. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Uh, okay. See, you could have also gone the route of uh, you feel the power of the warriors coursing through you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that was my other option. <laughs> okay. Well, that was uh, uh, good. Good to know, mate. Uh, right. Well, we uh, things were afoot while you lot was having a nice sleep. Uh, yes, we know, we know, giants. Let's go kill some. Uh, no, no, the giants mostly have buggered off now. There might still be a few down there, but not quite as many as there were. No, uh, something chased the dragon, the, the giants away, and that would be a dragon. A very, very large white dragon. What colour was Rogar? Blue. Okay, so not Rogar. Not Rogar, no. He didn't look like Rogar. looked very... Uh, Majestic. That's a big word for you, Tommy. I 
told you before I have a word of the day. Today's <laughs> word is majestic. Got a load of the guy with the word, word of the day toilet paper. Yeah, well, I've got to keep something in my pack, haven't I? Not like you animals using leaves and shit. <laughs> Rorik just goes, I'd have gone with terrifying, but uh, majestic in a certain way, I suppose. Oh, yeah, it was it was utterly terrifying. I mean, it's a fucking dragon, and it was a fucking massive dragon. Do either of you lot know anything about uh, white dragons at all? Ooh. Dick only encounter one dragon. It looked like space. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, yeah, what did that dragon look like? But I'm guessing it's, it's not going to be the same dragon. Not a space dragon, no. No, yeah. <laughs> um, let me see what I can think of. Nature check? Mm-hmm. With advantage, because I'm a monster hunter? No. Do you have proficiency? No. Which well, is bad. Um, yeah, it's quite bad. I do have proficiency in nature. Oh, I got do. 18. Okay. Got, oh, nice. oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Dick, roll as well, because, I mean, dragons are natural creatures. And you've met one before. And I rolled a six. six. Despite my proficiency. Dragons are from space. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with a six, I'll say because you're proficient and therefore have a, a basic understanding, um, you know dragons are big, powerful creatures. They normally have a layer of some sort, and they are incredibly deadly, and they come in all sizes and colors. You personally met a uh, void dragon, which looked like it was made out of the cosmos itself, which was quite a strange creature. Uh, but the more typical ones follow um, either metallic or uh, regular colours. So copper, gold, silver, or red, green, black, white, and so on and so forth. Sophia, with an 18, you know a little bit more. So you know that the metallic dragons are normally considered creatures of good. They might have their own reasons for doing things, and they might, and they are like most creatures that are very old might do things that you don't quite understand their logic for, but generally they're considered benevolent forces. They do help people, and they do try to make things uh, better for those who either work with them, or they sometimes integrate themselves into society disguised as humans or other lesser creatures. But yes, the metal ones are normally the good ones. That leaves the chromatic dragons, which you would know to be red, black, green, blue, and white. They are generally considered evil creatures. Evil because all of them really just act out of their own selfish desires. Either a desire to draw treasure to themselves, to rule over others, to demand tribute, to enslave other races. And given your knowledge from the stone giants, you know that the, the pair of, of uh, white dragons that used to essentially rule over the stone giants were very much like that. They had the stone giants under their uh, talent claws and basically demanded tributes and sacrifices and go get us prey to hunt, get us treasure, etc, etc. With an 18, the only other thing I'll give you, because you're not proficient, is that white dragons are generally considered a, um, well, white dragons, as you could probably assume, normally make their homes in Arctic areas, icy mountains, frigid slopes, things like that. They are fans of the cold. Yes, so I explain that white dragons generally like the cold. Um, and um, I really wish we'd seen a metallic dragon. Yeah, so we got an evil... Are you sure it wasn't silver? 
Uh, no, it was it was very much white. Fuck. White okay. is the um, white is the caps of the mountains around here. Proper like it's quite well camouflaged actually. When it was um, if it if it was snuggled down in the snow, you might struggle to see it. But flying in the sky against that blue, it was clearly white, and it was fucking enormous as well. Like, right. So from Horan's teachings. Inspiring. There yeah. was a dragon called Farrakhan. What colour was he? Kirkson? Was he white as well? Yep, there were a pair of white dragons. Yeah, um, Farrakhan, the giant eater. And who's dead? Uh, right. Or Gorgoroth, its mate, the frost tyrant. Um, right. Yeah. So the big giant, Othrin. Kind of yeah. used to ride it around and made it its little pet. Um, I'm not, uh, yeah, kind of thinking that's why it attacked the giants. Kind of remembering that, probably. I must right. say, riding a white dragon is straight up pimping. <laughs> yeah, definitely is. Definitely is. But he, um, so this is uh, this is the big big boy dragon's missus who was being ridden surely though if you're riding like the dragon you must come to some kind of agreement or us making it a slave to be honest rather than a mutual arrangement yeah probably but i don't know i can't see dragons i mean yeah ofram was pretty yeah pretty fucking powerful but i can't see him i don't know feels like a feels like a massive risk doesn't it just like effectively just like Riding an unexploded bomb around. Rick uh, chimes in and goes, It's entirely possible it could have been under some sort of compulsion. Dragons aren't uh, immune to mind control and effects, as far as I know. But Tommy Tommy kind of sucks his bottom lip, points his finger in his air, and goes, Course fucking magic in it. <laughs> of course it fucking is. Don't use logic. Nah, fuck that. It's all magic in it. Sorry, boys and girls. Either that, or it was holding uh, something that the white dragon cares about hostage, perhaps. Can't really be certain. Well, if it was baby white dragons, surely they'd be a bit bigger by now. Mm. Maybe something else. Mm. Maybe it's in there. Maybe that's why the white dragon's here. But convenient that it would show up at the same time as we do. So, so you said that there were alarms. Did the alarms bring a about the dragon or were they alarming because of the dragon they were they were rather alarmed by the dragon okay. seemed like they were uh heading inside they sent a party inside to scout and uh yeah then horns started blaring everyone started pouring out um started uh fucking off sharpish and then a ju- and then this enormous dragon came out of this guy well came out and um started yeah fucking them up so yeah, they're definitely alarmed by the dragon. Not drawing the dragon in, I don't think. Although, so the alarms were coming from inside, but I'm, unless, I guess unless they triggered an alarm inside that sent the dragon down. But no, I think it, I think it was coming from them. I, I kind of look at, look at Rurik, yeah. Yeah, Rurik nods and goes, best I could tell, I thought it was the, the giants blowing their horns, whether, it, whether it's because they'd spotted the dragon or something else had come after them and, that just simply woke the dragon up. Can't be certain. It's too far away. 
In any case, it feels like a bad idea to wake the dragon, even though we all have had a nice kip and um, are all looking a bit elfier. Don't feel like taking a dragon on today. No, two giants and um, two demi-giants was quite enough. Plus five lava demon and and all the other things, yeah. It was a full-on day yesterday. Yeah, it was, and plus, you know, the dreams. Yeah. Yeah, it was, well, I guess it wasn't that bad, I suppose. (laughs) Some of you had it easy. Oh, dear. My screen's gone blank. I don't want to know why that's gone blank. Have you mind? Oh, he's just he's just removing the, the the site of the com- last combat and the the giant corpses mm, littering mm, our screen. As long as mm. I don't see a turn order, I'm I'm peachy. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the thing to fear the pop up of the turn order. No, we haven't done anything yet, so hopefully we're not going to get ambushed here. It'd be funny if we wouldn't if he was like no no turn or turn order. Just like find out where you are, <laughs> <laughs> and it's my turn because fuck you. <laughs> my turn again <laughs> we haven't pissed him off that much yet just wait <laughs> alright so I guess we make our way down towards the entrance that we're aware of I don't know what we're going to do about um, Rorik here I mean he's uh, he's not immune in the same way as we are and I don't feel like leaving you out there for um, as bait for giants but I'm not really sure we're the best place to uh I guess they here. Well, we could do. We you could do, mate. But it might be handier to have you on the way. Uh, I don't know. It's. I guess it's up to you, mate. I turn to Rorik and see what he thinks. And uh, runs his uh, hand through this massive dwarfish beard that he's got as he ponders and goes, "You know, I, I'm not entirely certain what the best plan might be, but I have a feeling if I stay back here." So far away from the rest of the group, that might be, well, might lead to me getting ambushed. Though it seems dangerous to get close to that mountain, especially if I can't go too deep into it. Perhaps at least being closer to the group here can uh, keep a watch out. Yeah, right, that makes sense. Also, Don't might split be the party. Yeah. Also, might be uh, we uh, trigger another giant um, patrol on the way down. So uh, having you with that fucking awesome hammer be pretty helpful actually r4 um chimes up actually and goes father what about the horn could we not give to the dwarf and he could alert us well, it's not a bad show r4 i have been studying sun tzu's the art of war be prepared <laughs> <laughs> i only sleep four hours and i need to do something to pass the time Oh, did you learn? Have you been teaching Tommy how to read? Perhaps that is a secret between I and Father. I can read just fine, but he may have been giving me my word of the days. Uh, <laughs> fuck off, Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> but but our format, you know, from what Sun Tzu says, it's probably we probably shouldn't even be here, you know, without an actual army. Uh, this is not the opportune moment to attack. <laughs> That was going to be my other advice. Retreat <laughs> and go home. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, yeah, sounds good. Uh, I'll tell you what, and uh, right, well, you, uh, you head down with us then. We'll hopefully find somewhere a bit closer by where you can uh, hold out for a while. Also assess the threat inside and see if it's something that perhaps you can come in. Maybe it's... Maybe we can vouch for you i don't even know um but 
but uh, yeah, take the horn anyway. Wherever you are, give us give us a a little blow. Um, if you get into trouble, and we'll do our best to come out and give you hand, or vice versa, we'll uh, yeah, we'll try and uh, try and head back out. Uh, I guess we can't let you know if we're in trouble, but you maybe can't get in there anyway, so it maybe doesn't matter. But yeah, blow 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 it if you're in trouble, or blow it if we're gonna be in trouble because something's coming our way. He nods to that, and he'll take the uh, horn of silent alarm off you. Be, yeah, be uh, be careful blowing my horn. You know, treat it gently. <laughs> he nods solemnly. Tyler's <laughs> dead serious. <laughs> right then. Shall we, uh, shall we make our way down? Then I guess uh, it might make sense from our vantage point to have a look around and see if we can see any patrols between us and where we need to go. Sure, sure. I mean, uh, old eagle eyes there, do me a perception check. Sure. Uh, Sophia, can you Help bless you. my yeah. Yeah. perception? I'll give you some guidance. Thank you. Uh, uh, a 21 plus So as you go to the entrance to this little cave that you guys weathered the night in, you look out, you see the the sun just cresting over some of the mountains in the distance. You see fresh snow has landed, making it uh, quite a difficult journey. But as you look around, at the moment it seems deathly quiet. You see no giants, you feel no rumbling in the ground from their footsteps. Looking down in the valley towards you, you see lots of figures, but you have a suspicion those will be the bodies that the dragon left behind. It seems like a clear path to the shrine. Might take you a few hours to get there, but this might be the best opportunity you get, albeit a slightly dangerous one. Why? Filling us with hope. No. Wait, 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 but we can do some looting on the way. (laughs) (laughs) one thing you do notice though tommy is that this is a very exposed approach there is very little to protect you from being seen as you go down there so you're kind of shit out of luck if you get caught Um, do we have anything uh no no I say I don't wear pants, so (laughs) (laughs) and we used our boat, so we can't use it as a toboggan to get us down there. (laughs) That would have been amazing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) wheel or woe? Should we go down the mountain? No. (laughs) You could you could be very specific with your question. You could say, if we run down now, is there? Are we going to get attacked? All <laughs> <laughs> um, right, it's exposed. Can I, as, as, I'm, as I'm looking, do I see any alternate paths, or does this seem like the the only real option? Unless you could figure out a way to go underground or fly, that you're going to have to go straight for the mountain. Oh, where's Dwayne when you need him? <laughs> yeah, uh, you guys need a flying carpet. Sophia can't um, pull flying things out of a bag. Well, of... they they could just like be cannon fodder. I don't know. What may, maybe maybe it wouldn't hurt to have some um, some some pets, I guess. Oh yeah, I suppose. I mean, if they make it down the mountain, then the the arrow is there for uh, you know take a couple of attacks. Exactly, and it means you'd have to summon them in combat, which takes a turn. 
Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, while you guys are discussing Rorik's actually going to start removing his plate armor so that he is uh, stealthier on the approach. Because he doesn't think the armor is going to protect him much if you guys, uh, or if he's too noisy and attracts a giant white dragon. Huh? Yeah, makes so he's going to head down in his uh, more plain clothes. Makes he's going to get down in his skivvies. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, you can't Just... tell because the beard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys see a beard, a tablet of Moradin, and some shoes. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, gathers up all his uh, plates and sort of carefully puts it in his uh, backpack. I'm oh, going to uh, throw a D8 from my yeah. bag. Wait, did, wait, but the, wait, 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 but the animals have to stealth as well if we're stealthing. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, no, no offense to a big flightless bird, but yeah. you know, if you if you pick out an axe beak, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's yeah, let's um, let's we'll leave we'll leave the animals till we're outside the thing, or we get to combat. I guess then. That I mean, they sense. could then like stay with Rook. Like, if they no, aren't we going to stealth down into the plane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, if yeah, if, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, that you you could you could leave them outside with him actually as a bit of protection. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you, could, you never know. You might get a couple of carols. So, yeah, come on, Carol. Yeah. Uh, oh. Okay, fine. I'm guessing we're all going to stealth down there then. Yeah. Yes. What is Carol? Oh, she's the t- um, tiger. The tiger. Oh yes, I was thinking. Wait, Carol Baskin. Why? <laughs> tiger, tiger. <laughs> the cool cats and kitties. Uh, That's so 2020. It is. What a what a what a zeitgeist that was. <laughs> For a moment in time, everybody watched Tiger King. Very strange. Very very. It strange. was it was a weird time, but then it was the first lockdown, and nobody really knew what the fuck to do. That's very true. <laughs> yep. Um, right, okay. so we're stealthing. Uh, yes, okay, let's all roll stealth. Shit. I can't remember the last time I ro- rolled stealth. Uh, Tommy rolled a natural 20, so has 35 for stealth. To- Tommy just covered himself in snow and is Fif- now a snowman. I rolled Fif- a 10. <laughs> 15 for Sophia. You're not wearing clothes. Yes, so. <laughs> he's not. Isn't are you a proficient in stealth though? I don't know. Yeah, there you. Eighteen for Rorik and oh, R four. R four. I put him here. Uh, eight for R four. Oh dear. Okay, so okay, you start slowly making your way down the side of the mountain that will lead you into this valley, so that you can get closer to the shrine of Othrin. You try be as stealthy as you can, but it is difficult. The snow is deep. The land is a little bit treacherous, and despite Tommy's natural abilities, the rest of you aren't that stealthy. You're lucky that it doesn't appear like any of the giants have started to try return yet. Perhaps they're getting reinforcements. Perhaps they're simply patiently waiting in the distance for a more opportune time. You don't know. But you start making your way down, and you get down to the area where the giants were attacked. And it is truly a bizarre sight as you are wading through the heavy snow, seeing the morning frost and that chill, fog-like air just sort of rolling between frozen statues of giants, giantkin, trolls, 
as you see the aftermath of the ancient white dragon's assault, its breath having frozen these creatures solid as you're slowly making your way through. Roll me perception checks. Uh, natural 20, 29. Oh, 16. Okay. This is not it's... working. Wait a minute, I get advantage. 18 or 19. Okay. You've all got your eyes peeled and it's truly eerie because I assume none of you are speaking. There's that hush over the party as you don't want to alert anything. You don't know how perceptive this dragon is, what it can sense, what it can feel, whether it's asleep after its nighttime attack. You don't know. But what you do know is that walking between these frozen corpses is a truly bizarre and mildly frightening experience. All these powerful creatures that just yesterday were giving you problems. You see frozen ogres, frozen hill giants, frozen ettins. Even the odd frozen troll, you see that they were no match. They were annihilated. A few things you notice with those perception checks. You notice that none of the frozen statues are frost giants. The only dead frost giants you see are those that have been torn to pieces by the dragon's claw attacks as it swooped down, or its fangs as it bit them in half. Leads you to believe that frost giants are likely immune to that frozen breath attack that it used. But that didn't save them. You also notice that the trolls are actually still alive, but they're frozen solid, teetering between life and death as you know the trolls regenerate. You can see their eyes are kind of darting around, but they don't have the strength in them to break out of the frost. So you start to uh, steer clear of those statues just in case they bring the strength back together to break out, avoiding a potential issue on this trek. Well done for Tommy's natural 20 on that one, with a 29. Ooh. As you continue on, do me another perception check, everyone. Uh, Tommy, with a natural one, carrying on the theme of ones and twenties today. (laughs) Sophia! Sophia, with a nat 20. (laughs) And I got a 15. You got a 15. As you continue towards the shrine, passing through more of these frozen statues... Sophia, you quickly reach out and grab Tommy's cloak just as he's about to step forward. He shoots you quite a angry look like, what are you doing? I'm trying to be stealthy here. What's going on? And you look at the ground in front of him. He follows your eyes and you see cracked, frozen water. He would have been submerged. And, well, I don't know if any of you have ever been dipped into Arctic water, but it wouldn't have been good. I'll, um, I kind of half begrudgingly um show my thanks you know i'm still yeah it takes a little while to stop being annoyed by like get, taking me out of the stealth zone but um yeah no i i i do do appreciate it i'd stop you next time sorry <laughs> so i assume you're all heading towards the um the broken crack in the mountain where the giants came running out of last night or are you trying to do something else um without if there's nowhere else to go probably Go straight into the crack. Were we made aware of another entrance? Uh, you were not, no. This does seem to be the most prominent way in. It is not too high up. You could get up there with a short climb. But um, there may be other entrances, but it would take longer and more explanation. This is a huge mountain. You would be mountaineering a little bit to find another way in. That's up mm. to you. Really should have gone wheel or shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, probably. 
do we um well this way is obviously the way the giants came and came rushing back out um yeah i if, mean if, if if this is if this seems like the entrance the thing that maybe they're running away from might be friendly to us because of our blessing so let let's just go for it well although this although this way is the way in that was damaged so it's, it's new isn't it this way is it, it must, isn't it this is the big crack that wasn't there before yeah, as far right? as you know, it looks like something smashed its way in here. Now, whether there was a smaller entrance beforehand and something much larger forced its way through, you don't know. But mm. this certainly doesn't look to be naturally formed. Shit. Does this look big enough for a white dragon to have smashed its way in? Um, you think that a white dragon could probably fit in here. Certainly could fit quite a large creature. Okay. Something big is like in there. Like a blue dragon. Or, or a nice... Nice silver, gold, or bronze dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why don't we do a roll a d20 to decide for us? No, let's (laughs) go in. We'll just go in. I mean, Dick's already just walking in there now as we've been talking, I can imagine. Yeah, Dick Dick (laughs) is paying zero attention to what you guys are doing. He is unhappy because he wanted to kill some giants and they all appear to be dead. Yeah, so let's um in we go. Let's let's go in the obvious entrance where something very large and scary is already inside. Okay. So as you guys climb up, since you're going to this entrance, it is the easiest one to reach. So everyone roll me an athletics check to climb. Uh, seventeen from me. How the hell did I roll a twelve? Ten. I'll roll for R four as well. I'll roll for Rurik. Uh, a 19 from R4. How the hell R4, did he get a 19? R4 smashed it. He's just, he's just like, he's up the top before you even looked. Robotically climbing. Natural 20 for a Rurik with a 23. Wow. Those All two right. just forging ahead. So, yeah. Uh, Tommy, R4, and Rurik actually have no problem. They very quickly start to... Uh, mantling up the side of this mountain, finding little handholds. Unfortunately, Dick Fate and Sophia not doing quite so well. Neither of you have ever been uh, mountaineering in the past, it seems. As the other three get to essentially where the uh, the crack is, so you can like stand up there and you see it is huge. Um, it's almost like a, a massive hallway leading down for you guys, whereas certainly wasn't naturally formed, but it will be quite easy to walk down. You can see how the giants weren't finding any issue going in and out of here. You do notice that Dick Fate and Sophia are struggling. Both of you roll me athletics checks again, and both of you roll me stealth with disadvantage. So this time I got a 19 on my athletics. I got a 16. I hope that's good enough. Stealth with death. Oh dear. That's Natural one. Okay, can't get worse than that. Yep. <laughs> Delph with disadvantage. A six. That wasn't worse than the one. T- it was a natural two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> seeing the other three get up quite easily, you suddenly overcome with a need to get out of the open. You don't want to be left out here alone, which causes the two of you to attempt to rush going up the mountain. With a 19 and a 16, you do succeed. 
you move quickly and find some decent handholds and basically just rush up, but in your haste, unfortunately, you do make quite a bit of noise. You put your foot on a rock and it slips and starts tumbling down the side. Your hand slips off and a bit of ice falls. All the little noises as they crumble down the side of this mountain. And just as you're getting to the top, just as Tommy, R4, and Rurik are almost within hand's reach, you all hear a roar come from the top of the mountain. And within seconds, you hear the beating of wings. Okay. Why? I think that's where we're going to end the episode. No. Oh, Sophia could have lucked to that, but Dick couldn't have yeah, done anything I, about that. Yeah, there was that. no point in doing that. No. Yeah. Nothing you could do. The no. way I see it, we might be just small enough we get away with it. I was in, well, run inside. <laughs> run. Run, run, run. I don't Good know. Dragon speak. Draconic. Yep. How about yep. ancient dragons? Ancient Probably draconic. draconic. <laughs> I do not speak Draconic. I mean, I could speak tongues. The, the, oh. Unfortunately, the one the one person that did speak Draconic <laughs> is dead. I well, can, in fact, a dragon. Is a dragon, <laughs> yeah. I, I can understand Draconic, so there's that. Tongues. The spell grants a creature you touch the ability to understand any language. Ooh. It is. Yeah, I can, I can, I can do that. I can. I wonder if it's. I wonder if it speaks thieves' cant because I could chat to it in that. <laughs> Moreover, when the target speaks, any creature that knows at least one language can hear the target understand what it says. Okay. So you can understand it at least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that. and it can understand me for an hour. Hmm? I don't know if that's going to help. Yeah, you could try and convince it not to kill us. How how are we on those um? Oh, I do street speak draconic. What the flying fuck? Yeah. Oh, was that was that one of the languages you picked when you became a monster yeah. hunter? And abyssal and yeah. elvish because it's so useful. We might meet an elf. We finally met a dwarf. So. <laughs> You're dating like a half elf, so I don't expect you to speak elvish. Yeah. <laughs> and giant, well, obviously. Well, yeah. Your... Sophia, the diplomat, can uh, step in. I'm yeah. so I mean, uncharismatic. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's, that's the thing, though. It's like, yeah, we could talk to them and do what? Piss them off. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Fuck you. <laughs> oh, well, it's all fun when you're walking through the snow and climbing a mountain, isn't it? Yep, it was all fun until rocks fell and everyone died. Who knew? That's how it all end. Yeah, I know. It's just, uh, it's a twist on a trope. I know. Really, really kept you going there, didn't I? Yeah. Mm. Several years. Uh, I'm a, I have a commitment to a bit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Thank you for joining us, everyone. That was Gunpowder Trees and No Plots. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to check out our Patreon. We're on there at patreon.com slash gtmp. We have multiple tiers of pledging. If you want to just join our Discord, chat and share stories and hang out with us, that's uh, the lowest tier. Or you can get some rewards if you go for the higher tiers as well. As you've uh, seen, there's a few NPCs in the show named after our patrons. If you want to chat with us just generally, we are available on Twitter. I am there as at TreasonNo, and my players are there with their player names and GTMP at the end of it. We also have a WordPress website and a Facebook group, all at Gunpowder Treason No Plot. 
and I will hand you over to my co-host to say their own little goodbyes. It's Ask Dick! Hello, my name is Dick Fate, the Agni Ant for Varadin. My message this week reads, Dear Dick, my name is Memerick. You might have met my cousin, Emmerick. I need your help. There are kobolds everywhere. Originally, there were only three, but they have multiplied and taken over our street. They infiltrated our neighborhood watch. Three of them in a trench coat offered to help, but started killing people. I managed to escape and lock myself in a cupboard. They have some, some magic box called a boom box. I'm playing nothing but something they call dubstep all day and night, screaming about the party. What can I do? Dear Memerick, you have very few options. If you can find an agent of Hobo, we can help. Failing this, all I can say is, you are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. Goodbye. You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. Shit, what is that from? Toy Story. Oh, awesome. What a, awesome what a quality source. reference. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh yeah, it's over to Tommy's big book of spells. Uh yeah, so uh we're on to the letter J and it turns out, at least from what I can see, on our good friends D D Beyond. Do go and check them out on our link, by the way. Uh there are three spells beginning with J. Two of which belong to some guy called Jim. Jim has a glowing coin and a magic missile. But I'm going to pick the one that isn't Jim's because fuck you, Jim, for using your name on your spells. Be more original. <laughs> J <laughs> is for Jump, which has a first level transmutation <laughs> spell. Yes, yes, genuinely, genuinely, J is for Jump. Cost one action, last a minute is a touch spell. You touch a creature. A creature's jump distance is tripled until the spell ends. What a way to spend a spell. What the fuck? I guess when you're still too shit to be able to teleport away, you just fucking leap like a frog. Ever heard of a leaping wizard? Yeah. I mean, if you're about to get stabbed and you're a, you're a wizard who can only cast level one spells, I suppose it's a choice. <laughs> Not a good choice, but it is a choice. I don't know. Maybe it's something that druids cast. I don't know anything about druids. Oh, and, and by the way, I know at the end of the last one, I uh, I mentioned I was going to start my own uh, my own thing to rival Mister Fate. Well, you know. I, I've decided to rise above the challenge. You know, it's, it's, it's just let it be. And besides, no one's written into me yet. <laughs> Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- t- <laughs> right. So yeah, like you say, the J is quite difficult. I've I'm running out very quickly of J's. So this is my third J. So this is the Jaculi. <laughs> Sorry. 
I made that dirty in my head. Sorry. Which <laughs> <laughs> an agile tree-dwelling creature that resembles a snake. They're capable of camouflaging themselves and, comparable to the chameleon, change their colour of their skin to match their surroundings. They're able to launch themselves with a force and accuracy compar comparable to a javelin. Could you imagine throwing an invisible snake as a weapon? That would be pretty awesome. It would. A frequently masturbating invisible snake. <laughs> Do you think that's why they put it in there? <laughs> oh, awesome. Hope you all enjoyed the episode, and uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Unnecessary Evil is the source for all things evil. Whether it's tips to write a better villain or tips on how to be a better villain. Part of the Necropodicon Network. Necropodicon. Hard to pronounce, easy to listen. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects you heard during this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so be sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.